This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 58, The Mystery of Iniquity, part 2, Who is the Antichrist? Times are here, filling men's hearts with fear, freedoms we all hold dear, powers at stake, humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod, seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name is Eric, glad you could join us for another episode of That's in the Bible, episode 58, The Mystery of Iniquity, part two, Who is the Antichrist? Today we'll hear Pastor Steve name the Antichrist. Next week, Matthew will date the rapture, so we've got a lot of exciting things coming up here, folks, so keep, you know, keep tuning in. We are, we are, we are no holds barred now. (laughs) We're shucking the corn and throwing the cob back at you, so it's going to be good. And um, we are, let's see, I just did want to also mention that we started this podcast three years ago, uh, yesterday. We're recording this uh, January 19th, uh, 2012, and we started January 18th, 18th, 2009. A little bit of a tongue twister there. So, and in, and in lieu of that, or I guess in, in, along with that, we, uh, we're also, we talked about giving away a king james bible and we'll give you some more information on that in a few minutes but first i need to say hello the gang's all here and we'll start with pastor steve pastor steve how are you i'm doing very well thank you welcome back and uh pastor uh strobel i am on board and non-pastor matt i guess i'm in the sea (laughs) you're what I'm not. I'm not on board. I guess. Oh. <laughs> Throw out the lifeline. <laughs> he tried to walk and failed. I didn't even get a foot in the water. I just sunk. You have little faith. <laughs> so anyway, good to see. Or good to have everyone back. Good, and glad that you've tuned in for another podcast here with us. At that's in the Bible. But uh, Steve, since you were not with us last time, we did uh, make reference that. Uh, you were you were you were busy doing important work, so maybe you could give us an update on why you weren't here last time. Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I couldn't be with you guys. I I, I do miss it when I'm not uh, there to uh, protect myself from uh, all the uh, sarcasm and comments that come. I'll bet. <laughs> I'll have to listen to see what uh, what took place, but. Uh, I was over at Frank's house. Uh, he had asked me to come over and, and disciple him and uh, to learn the Bible and so forth. And and his wife, uh, or Jill, was there, girlfriend, and uh, had a chance to, to talk to her. Um, it took longer than I thought. I wasn't really over there trying to, to win her to the Lord, just to open up the Bible and show her some things and show Frank some things. Uh, but as time went on, uh, we got a chance to present the gospel, invited her to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and she consented, and, and uh, she passed from death unto life Amen. by the grace of God. And, and uh, we, <clears throat> uh, they were over here earlier this evening for, I guess, the, the second uh, round of, of discipleship. And, and it's always a joy uh, to know when someone receives the Lord that they're interested and they come back for more. 
Uh, instead of just uh, getting fire insurance and taking off and, and doing what they want to do. So uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. Jason was with me uh, last week when uh, she got saved. And a little bit of an interesting story. Uh, you know, he, he's had uh, prayer lists and things that he's had before and kind of lost the list and things. And, and so he had determined to, to write these things down and have a place for the answers to you know, put the answers on the on the opposite side when they come, and uh, so <clears throat> the, one of the first things he wrote down, he said, "Wanted to see somebody get saved," mm. and uh, wrote that down the night before. And uh, <laughs> you'd have to know Jason, but when he gets uh, blessed and and gets kind of excited, he kind of <laughs> you know, kind of kind of blows, you know, and and. and Jill had gotten saved, and and uh, he's over there on the other side, just kind of, really, just kind of <laughs> trying to contain himself. And we get out of the truck, and he goes, "Dad, can we pray?" Oh, I man. said, "Okay, man, we can pray." <laughs> so we prayed, <laughs> and uh, he said, "God, I didn't, uh, Dad, I didn't expect God to answer me that fast." <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> as far as somebody getting saved and putting down the answer on the other side, so it was a, it was a blessing, and and. You know, it wasn't just me doing all the talking. Jason had a had a part in it as well, and and uh, some questions were asked, and and it was all just real good. We just uh, enjoyed uh, the opportunity to present the gospel, and and again, someone passing from death unto life. Amen. Amen. Pastor Strobel. Yes, I am here again, and still on board. <laughs> that's that's a great testimony and uh, it's been just a week and i've been up to my normal duties as well on top of that um, basically doing some uh, some catch-up work uh things that need to be taken care of at uh, the house because even a pastor has to do that sometime <laughs> those things those things have really gotten shoved to the back burner and so i'm catching up with some stuff there and I'd still be doing it right now if we didn't have the podcast going on. Uh, but alas, my wife is upstairs and finishing what I left. So we, hear, we hear hammering and nailing. We'll know what was going on. Yes. Well, at least he's at least getting our, getting the stuff off the bed so I'll be able to sleep tonight. Okay. And um, we are uh, planning, Lord willing, to participate in a couple's prayer meeting coming up this Saturday over at Gospel Light uh, Bible Baptist Church, um, the Rochester area. We have uh, sometimes, uh, Brother Steve and myself have been out there for a men's prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. It's also where they hosted the uh, debate on Calvinism that we, Brother Steve and I took part in. Uh, this time, uh, for the first time, he's going to do a couple's uh, Saturday morning prayer meeting. So we've got uh, a few couples from our church that are planning to head over there, the Lord willing. If um, the weather cooperates and the Lord gets us through, we got some uh, snow here today. For those of you out west, <coughs> eat your heart out. Amen. <laughs> 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 so anyway, that's keeping me busy. And how much snow did you get? I haven't measured it, but it was enough to shovel at times uh, today. Hmm. It was a very fine type of a snow and mm-hmm. blowing, but uh, at times it was very heavy. Where visibility wasn't uh, very good, but uh, several inches for sure. Mm-hmm. About the same for you, Steve? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it mm-hmm. came down later in the evening. Uh, in fact, uh, as I was coming home from work, uh, it started, and uh, I was up up here doing some stuff, so I really didn't notice it. But Jason came in and says, "Boy, 
Good thing I got in. I can't even see out there now. Mm-hmm. So, so it it gets uh, intense sometimes, but mm-hmm. we deal with it. And uh, I haven't had to shovel yet here in Binghamton. So, <laughs> congratulations! Is, it's, it's been it's been great. We got a little bit of tonight, but it's just a it's just a little bit of really a dusting, and hoping that's going to be gone tomorrow. Well, I know why it's not snowing. And why would that be? Well. A uh, neighbor of mine was selling a snowblower, and I purchased it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I got to use it once, uh, and uh, that was about it. So that's probably the reason why it's not snow. We can thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only it All was right. that easy. We'd be purchasing them every year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew. Well, everything's been good. It's just been, uh, you know, I was blessed when we were at church uh, last night, and uh, I just had this. It was just one of those moments, um, you know, you don't have them all the time, and we were um, just, you know, a bunch of good friends at our church here. We've, we've got a bunch of good young um, men and young uh, ladies, and uh, just a kind of close, uh, close group that we have, and it's really neat. We were all sitting, you know, where we usually sit close by to each other. And there's probably maybe 13, 15 of us. And uh, it was one of those things where I just looked around and uh, it's just a blessing to go to church. And uh, especially when we stood up and we started singing all together. Um, I can't really explain it. I'm sure probably everybody here has gone through that kind of a moment before where you're just like, wow, you know, the Lord's good. You know, the Lord's Lord's amazing to be able to be here and, and you know, with my wife by my side and uh, you know, my best friends there and, and uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's just, it's one of those moments where uh, you're just like, boy, there's no, there's nowhere else I'd rather be except for heaven. And uh, it was, it was good. It was really good. Um, I had, we've had a couple blessings, especially with uh, being able to witness. Um, um, I guess last Sunday uh, we were heading home and there's a good pizza place that my wife likes to go to on the way home. And uh, so I stopped in there. Um, I handed the cashier a uh, gospel track, and uh, kind of he was kind of looking at it a little bit. And so I just opened it up and I said, you know, have you ever thought about where you're going to go? You know, when you when you leave this when you leave this life. And he's like, you know, nodding his head, no. And the guy behind him that was sitting behind him said, I do. <laughs> and uh, so I turned right around, <clears throat> and it's a younger gentleman that was sitting there eating. And he's like, I think about where I'm going to go all the time. And uh, so I was able to uh, uh, give him the gospel. It was a blessing. We probably, I was probably in there for about five minutes. Um, and another gentleman came in that was working there as well. So I would uh, look back and forth to all three of them and just preach to them the whole time. And, uh, you know, once, once you get out of church, you're fired up. <laughs> I had my suit tie on and, uh, it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, I'm going to preach. And, uh, <laughs> you know, of course they asked questions and I answered the questions. We went back and forth. I tried to open it up to them. So they didn't feel like it was one-sided the whole time and try to keep their interest. And so, uh, that gentleman that was, was really interested, his name is Bruce. And, uh, it happens to be, um, one of the guys that goes to our church, uh, he actually happens to know him, not real, real well, but, uh, go, you know, knows him in passing and uh, f- through other friends and things and actually saw him uh, before Wednesday night service. And he said, so I talked to my friend Bruce and uh, he told me this guy was uh, <laughs> witnessing to him. <laughs> so it's just neat how that works. And mm-hmm. and uh, so I asked him about it and he said, you know, he he hasn't accepted Christ yet, but uh, he said, you know, it was he, he thought it was really neat how you took all that time to explain it to him and, mm-hmm. and everything. So. Mm-hmm. So that was a blessing, and then we were at the doctor's office a couple of days ago, my wife and I, and we were sitting in the waiting room, and 
you know, I take my full-size Bible, um, I guess, just as a testimony. As that, usual. Know, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I could take a smaller Bible, but, uh, you know, I take my... A smaller Bible would be easier, of course, to carry, but I figure if I take a big Bible, it'll, people will notice it better, and uh, maybe it'll open up some conversation, and it did this time. A lady, a good amount away from us, uh, across from us, that was sitting there in this waiting room, just blurted out, she said, boy, reading the word, <laughs> and I didn't notice it, so my wife is like nudging me, you know, <laughs> look up, and, uh, and, and so I said, what's that? And, uh, you know, I looked up and said, you know, what did you say? And, and she said, oh, you're le- we're reading the Word. You don't see that very often anymore, you know. She's like, I, I usually bring my Bible, but uh, I didn't bring it this time. And <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, that's that's great, you know. And I, I asked her, I said, do you go to church anywhere? And she's like, well, we go right up the hill here. And she wouldn't tell me where she went. So I said, you know, what's it called? And she said, well, it's a Mormon church. And uh, I said, oh, okay, you know. And unfortunately i said okay cool <laughs> and i wanted to kick myself when i said that. you know you know when you do something like that and you just you blurt it out and you want to almost be like i didn't mean that <laughs> you know you want to say that to her but it would make it worse and and so i was like okay i got to turn this back around now you know it's not cool that she goes to a mormon church and so i asked her i kind of you know i was like well did you go somewhere before you went there because a lot of these people that go to these cults went somewhere before that, you know, and and uh, and so she said, yeah, I used to go to a Methodist church, but you know, the Mormons are very family oriented and things like that. And I said, okay, you know, and she kept on going about the Book of Mormon and all this kind of stuff. And I, so after a little while, I said to her, well, you know, the big thing that I have a problem with about the Book of Mormon and also uh, the the that church, uh, you know, is that it, the biggest problem is how they tell you that you can get saved. I said, it's not by what the Bible says. It's not by what God says. Uh, they say that you have to do works to get to heaven, and it's it's totally false. And so I gave, gave her a couple of verses on that. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because there was other people around, too, so I was able to give a little bit of the gospel. And uh, right then she had to go into uh, the doctor's room, I guess, waiting room, so I gave her a gospel track. She wasn't as excited that I was <laughs> reading the word anymore, <laughs> but uh, I didn't get her name. But uh, So it's just, you know, it's a blessing that the Lord... Mm-hmm. you know, just allows us to be able to um, have opportunities like that to be able to witness a little bit. So, so it's been good. Amen. Sounds good. Amen. Hmm. All right. So we don't have a quote of the day today. Uh, I'm sure we could come up with something, but we're not going to do one, but we, we, we are going to, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. What does God want for you? Does he have a plan for your life? How do you find out? Learn how you can know the will of God for your life. Join us for episode 41, The Will of God. Only on That's in the Bible.com. Ghosts. Have you ever seen a ghost? Are they real? What does the Bible say? Are they even found in the Bible? Find out in episode 46, Ghosts. Only on that's in the Bible.com. <laughs> Now, Steve, Steve, I know you wanted what to... What was that? I know you wanted to... 
<laughs> I know you wanted to scream at some point there, didn't you? <laughs> I, did. I want to find out what that takes r- great restraint. R- 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 <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't even put that in there. It just no. It somehow it just just <laughs> came on. I don't know where that came from. Might have been a ghost. Uh, yeah. So we'll find out about those, huh? Episode forty-six. Another. I see you got a new new helper for the first commercial. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say what happened to the English guy, but uh, you brought him back. Yeah, well, you know, we we like to give everybody a chance to do do some voiceovers for us. Very good. And if you'd like to do a voiceover for us, call 716-584-1611. The That's in the Bible 24-hour feedback line. Accepting your calls 24 hours a day. Now back to our show. <laughs> <laughs> Very spontaneous. Wasn't it now? Yeah, very professionally done. Well, <laughs> you didn't have to do a retake either. No, no, and the recorder is on, so I'm checking that every five minutes <laughs> after I didn't do it for a podcast or two before this. You haven't done it for me though, so that's all that matters. Whoa, that's a spirit, brother. <laughs> that's a brave statement, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your turn's coming. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. <laughs> that was our quote of the day. Yes, <laughs> it was. Corinthians, featuring twelve, I think ten, twelve, yeah. or yeah, I believe so. Yeah, ten, twelve. Matman. <laughs> so glad to have you on the show, Matt. Oh, it's always good to be here. There he is. <laughs> oh, just have too much fun with that. <laughs> and now, it's not only Matt Man, but Matt Girl. She <laughs> 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 rides in a little sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> who is, who is her, Matt I Girl? I can see her face now. I can see her face. That would be your wife, man. Oh. Well, have we forgotten who Robin is, though? Who's Robin? Pastor Schroble's Robin. <laughs> and then, and then Stephen is Nightwing. Remember, remember Nightwing, Stephen, or Pastor Stephen? Uh, I don't remember that one. Nightwing. I don't even. I think know. he's making. Nightwing I think he's is. making this up. That was before his that time. That was never sanctioned. That could be the Joker. That was before his time. The Riddler. Man, you know, you man, you know, you're really the Joker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everybody does have that scary smile. <laughs> now, let's not forget to tell them about that Bible you are mentioning. Yes. Well, we have a, uh, and I think we did mention it a little bit last time on our last podcast, but we, we'd like to give to you a King James Bible um, put out by the Trinitarian Bible Society. And it's a large print, 10-point size text. And if you've, if you've had a Cambridge large print, and then it, it looks very similar to that. Actually, it looks identical to that because when you open up this Bible, it comes with a little Cambridge card that says, uh, printed by Cambridge and talks about the craftsmanship of Cambridge. And so it's a, it's a, it's a quality Bible. It's the, uh, it's the right Bible. And it'd make a great Bible for someone. Now, what we have to come up with, and we have actually, a, we'll have a picture of it on the, um, on the website so you can see it. And we've been tossing around some ideas on how we could give that give that away. 
And um, now some of the ideas that we're, we're tossing around are just maybe doing like a scavenger hunt related to the to our site uh, and also to the Bible. So, Pastor Strobe, you want to talk a little more about some of our ideas for that? Well, we thought it would be a good idea to give you some questions that pertain to things that uh, have been taught in the podcast, some things that would uh, maybe cause you to uh, look and search or listen, uh, maybe to a particular study that was done, or or maybe just something that you could draw from from a study that you've already listened to. But uh, the idea would be to give you some good doctrine, help you to interact with that, um, get you into the Bible a bit. Um, that's what what's what this uh, whole show is about. Mm-hmm. We want you to fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, which who is the incarnate Word of God, and with the Bible, which is the written Word of God, and to search it, to abide in it, and let it abide in you. So we, we thought something that uh, pertained to what we're doing here in this program, what it's all about, might be a good idea. Come on. And just reading off the back of the box here, it says, um, Standard Text Bible Without References, Calfskin Luxury Leather, Presentation page, family register record pages, fine Bible paper, two marker ribbons, semi-yap cover, quality sewn binding, art guild, art gilt page edging, head and tail bands, and as I said, it's large print, ten point size text. It has the dedicatory in there, uh, page heading, self-pronouncing text. It's a nice Bible. So there's a picture of it on the website. If you go there now, you'll see it, and. And uh, I would anticipate that next time we're we're on, we'll have the uh, we'll have the format on how you can you can participate to uh, to possibly win that Bible for yourself. Amen. And uh, we're all excited about it, except for the fact that uh, we will not be able to win it. Oh, that's right. The, the uh, four of us are excluded from that. Now we did talk about should we make it uh, available only for. Uh, folks in the United States, and I think we've agreed. No, we'll we'll send it to you wherever you are. Yeah, right. might take a little longer if you're not in the United States, but um, we know that we have some listeners that have uh, listened from uh, other countries, and um, we have the availability to be able to get it to them, or at least to send it to the post office to have it sent that way, and the Lord will help to help make sure it gets to its destination. So yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Amen. So uh, hopefully that'll be fun, and at the same time it'll be helpful for you too if you should receive that Bible. And just to be clear, if you are in the United States, you still have the chance to participate and get it yourself as well. That's right. What else? Anything else we, we wanted to discuss before we we find out who the Antichrist is? Well, I'm kind of anxious to find out. So, Steve, Steve said he's naming names today. So there's no holds, no holds barred. <laughs> See, there's where Eric goes off. <laughs> there he goes. I can always count on him to stick his foot in my mouth. <laughs> oh, that's pretty uh, funny. <laughs> well, that's well, I don't. Eric. That's what it says here. I, I, I just read that episode, uh, lesson number 58, The Mystery of Iniquity, Part 2, Who is the Antichrist? I know you're going to come through with that for us, Steve, so we're all going to be listening carefully. Grace of God. <laughs> Bated breath. Matt, do you have anything to add to that, Matt? Not at all. I'm being good today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. I don't think people are going to be able to hang on to their hats much longer and, and just wait to see what what comes up here. So, Steve, if you're ready, we're ready. By the grace of God, here we go. All right. Here we go. All right, guys, thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate uh, this time to be able to do another podcast for That's in the Bible. Uh, Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we're thankful again for another opportunity to get together. Lord, we enjoy the fellowship and the time that uh, we can spend together, even though we can't see each other. Uh, Lord, we're still uh, can hear each other and and uh, know enough of each other that uh, we know what the facial expressions are for whatever's said and and God we just thank you for the relationships that we have and the good uh, good time that we can enjoy together. Father, I pray that you bless this podcast. Help me as I uh, present it. Lord, there's times when it feels so inadequate to do something uh, of this nature and and so God, I pray that you'd undertake and help me to remember the scriptures, remember all the things that tie in together, and Lord, that uh, those folks that are interested in this subject might uh, come away with some understanding of of what this thing is all about. So God, we want to give you the glory and the praise and thanks for all that you do and all that you mean to us. Lord, we love you, and we want to tell you that we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mystery of Iniquity Part 2. Who is the Antichrist? Now, to let's get this thing right from the get-go. I'm not here to name somebody in our present-day culture uh, and name names as to who they are, but I'd like to follow the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say. That's what we're all about. So we'll do that instead. But uh, to get started, <clears throat> let's go to first, our Second Thessalonians chapter 2. In the first uh, installment of this, uh, the counterfeiter, the great counterfeiter, we use this verse, and I just want to read the first phrase of this verse in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven. It says, "For the for the mystery of iniquity doth already work," and uh, that's one of the mysteries. And uh, if you haven't, couldn't tell from the last time. Uh, this time, it's going to be a little meaty. It's going to be a little heavy. And uh, hopefully, by the grace of God, I can get it uh, to where it's at least understandable. But this is one of the mysteries. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And uh, one of the things I think that's, that's incumbent upon us is to let you know that there are mysteries in the Word of God. Uh, whether we've covered them before or not, uh, I'm not going to take a lot of time with all of them, but I'd just like to review them. The first one I'd like to draw to your attention is found in, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, which is the uh, opposite of, of the one that we just read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 7. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So the first one is the uh, mystery of godliness, which was God manifest in the flesh. Second one is uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, Christ in you, 
The third one is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32, and it's the revelation of the body of Christ. The fourth one is found in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, and it's the temporary rejection of the nation of Israel, and then its subsequent restoration. <clears throat> the fifth one is found in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 5, and it's Babylon the Great, the great whore. And then uh, in number six is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, and that's the rapture. And then the seventh one is actually the one that we started with, and that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, which is in reference to the Antichrist. Now, uh, as the counterfeiter, it stands to reason that if God is uh, manifest in the flesh, so Satan will be manifest in the flesh. And that's what the mystery of iniquity is all about. Now, I want you to understand that, that God's ministers are required to be faithful stewards of the mysteries of God. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Let a man so account of us, and this is Paul speaking, as of the ministers of Christ and the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So the steward is to be faithful in the mysteries of God. Now, by the very fact that he tells his ministers to be faithful in those things, uh, there are some folks that have the idea that a mystery is a mystery, and therefore we shouldn't look into it to find out anything about it. But let me ask you a question. Do you think God put those mysteries in there just to stay a mystery? <laughs> and then tell the minister to be a steward of the mysteries? That just doesn't make any sense. I believe they are mysteries because they're so deep that we will never completely understand them. But I believe there are clues that are given to help us understand them at least a little bit. Now, <clears throat> if you would in indulge me for just a moment... I liken these mysteries to a child's game called Clue. You remember Clue, you know, Mr. Mustard with the rope in the library. He's the one that did it. And I believe that, that God doesn't waste time, and he doesn't waste space in his word. So God wrote these mysteries and have, uh, to have clues to be found. By comparing Scripture with Scripture, we can put these clues together and we can get a, an understanding or get an overall picture and even with some specific details about these mis mysteries. You know, when we get looking at this thing, there's one thing I want you to remember. And that's when the Bible speaks, uh, speaks literally, uh, the Bible speaks we are to believe it literally unless it's absolutely impossible to do so. So, who is the Antichrist? Um, go to Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. 
There was something added in my notes there that was misstepped, and it threw me for a loop there for a second. I think I'm back on track here, so please forgive me for the uh, slight bobble. But in Revelation chapter 17, in verse 8, it says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. Uh, look down at the last phrase. When they beheld, behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Now, if you want to see that beast, that beast is uh, mentioned also in verse 3 of chapter 17 and in verse 7 of chapter 17. And it's a reference to the Antichrist. Now, I'd like for you to go to Revelation chapter 13. Notice that it says that uh, from there, what we just read, that uh, the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend. So it shows you that he has a past, he has a present, and he has a future. Revelation chapter 13, I'm going to do my best to read this entire chapter. I think it's important to do so because it gives us some information in regarding the Antichrist himself. Starting in verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horn ten crowns, and upon his, head, uh, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of lions. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is, uh, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Of course, that's three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name uh, and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name was not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. <clears throat> if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that uh, uh, leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity, and he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast, coming out of the earth. <clears throat> and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth 
and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he de- and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth <clears throat> that they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image uh, of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he had the mark of the of the name or or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Herein is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore. And six. Now the beast that thou saw was, and is not, and shall shall ascend. And as I said, he has a past, and he's not around now, but he will show up again in the future. Now, before we get back here to Revelation chapter thirteen, if that doesn't sound familiar, it should. Go to Revelation chapter one. Revelation chapter 1. And of course, this is a reference to Jesus Christ. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. That's a reference to Jesus Christ, which is. He's alive now. He's up in heaven. Which was. He was in the person of Jesus Christ nearly 2,000 years ago, which is to come. He's coming back in the second advent and to rule on earth during the millennium. Now, back in Revelation chapter 13, I want you to see, now, see there again, it's just another example of the copycat that we talked about the last time. You've got uh, uh, the Antichrist that has a past, a present, and a future. You have Jesus Christ that has a past, present, and a future. And uh, it's, it's just amazing how these things parallel each other. But you notice that uh, the, the power was given to the Antichrist by the dragon. You remember who that dragon was, don't you? Remember in uh, one of the po- earlier podcasts that we had, in, uh, uh, but go to Revelation chapter 12, and we'll just refresh your memory. In Revelation chapter 12, <clears throat> take a look in verse 3, and there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven, uh, and seven crowns upon his head. Of course, his tail drew the third part of the stars and so forth and so on. Take a look in verse uh, 9. And the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth 
the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So that dragon that gave power to the beast is none other than the devil himself. In fact, if you, would, if, if you were to say the beast is the devil incarnate. Now notice, again, another thing, and we'll, we'll come back to this in a little bit, but I want you to take a look in verse 18, again, of chapter 13, Revelation. Notice that it says there towards the end, for it is the number of a man. It is the number of a man. So when we're dealing with the Antichrist, we're talking about a man who becomes the devil incarnate or the devil in the flesh. Just as Jesus Christ came down and became God manifest in the flesh, the devil does the same thing. Now, <clears throat> go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And let's pick it up in verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, of course, that gathering together unto him is, is a reference to the rapture, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand, talking about the rapture. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Of course, the rapture is going to come, but there's going to be a falling away first, which we're living in that right now. If you can't see that the, we're falling away or the, the, the Christians are falling away, uh, you're blind. Except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin, which is the Antichrist, be revealed, and notice it gives him another name, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now the Antichrist is described as being the man of sin, and he's also described as being the son of perdition. Notice also that he exalts himself and declares himself to be God, sitting in the temple of God on the mercy seat. And that mercy seat, if you read in the Old Testament, is where God would meet the nation of Israel. So he's called the man of sin, and he's called the son of perdition. Also take a look in, in uh, verse 8 through 10 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And then shall that wicked, of course that's a reference to the Antichrist, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. I love it how the Lord puts in there, he, he, he kind of gives you this, this ominous, things that are going to happen. And obviously you read the book of Revelation, you see all these terrible, terrible things that are going to take place on the earth and unto men at, at that particular time. 
and and how much power the devil has and and how exalted he th- he believes he is and exalting himself above God but just with a few words the lord just puts it down and 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 puts you at ease like look i'm in control <laughs> take a look at that again in verse 8 and then shall that wicked be revealed notice whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. (laughs) I mean, God just takes care of him. It's no big deal for God. Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. You know, it's, it's amazing. You have the Antichrist, who is the man of sin. He's the son of perdition. He's that wicked. And you know what he does? He does things through signs and lying wonders. I, I, I'm sad to say that there are some, and there are even brethren, that are deceived in thinking that the signs and wonders are for today. And all they're doing is playing into the hand of what will come to pass in the future during the tribulation. The signs, whatever they might be, pulling fire down from heaven. It might even be healing folks or speaking in tongues, or some of the other things that go on there. Lying wonders, with all deceivableness. In fact, there's one place where it talks about if it might even uh, deceive the very elect. The, the, the people that are saved during the tribulation might even be deceived by the lying wonders that take place by the Antichrist and the false prophet. They didn't have the Word of God. They didn't have... Uh, you know, some some things that verify that, that God wasn't in that stuff. They could be deceived themselves. Now, let's take a look a little closer. Let's just get a little closer. I'd like for you to go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. The Antichrist is a real person. In fact, He is a man, as we're told in Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. And we can get some indications of who that man might be. In John chapter 6, let's pick it up in verse um, 069. Now, Jesus Christ has just given some pretty hard sayings to the people there. And in fact, many of those that followed him leave. They don't follow him anymore after this. And Jesus Christ asked the disciples, uh, will you also go away? Of course, Peter says, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And in verse 69, it says, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them, talking about the disciples, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil? 
And if we had any doubt as to what he was talking about, he gives us the explanation in the next verse. And he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. You've got to take a look at English, and you've got to take a look at grammar. Notice it didn't say the devil. You didn't have the definite article the there, and you didn't have devil capitalized. Notice what it says. Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil. Notice it didn't say acting like the devil, but it, but it is a devil. Now, Jesus Christ called one of his disciples a devil. That's pretty shocking. Take a look in uh, John chapter 17. John chapter 17, Jesus Christ is speaking, and he makes reference to that disciple whom he called a devil. In verse 12, it says, while I was with them, talking about the disciples in the world, I kept them in thy name, talking about the Father's name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be filled. So that son of perdition, even though he followed Jesus Christ, was lost. And he's the son of perdition. That's another name. You remember that name? Do you remember that name? Uh, we, uh, we looked at it in, in 2 Thessalonians. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, He's talked about being the man of sin, and he's also said to be the son of perdition. And here Jesus Christ calls Judas Iscariot the son of perdition. And what about Judas Iscariot? What about him? Judas is obviously a a Greek word, but Iscariot is a Hebrew word. And I have uh, here a couple of uh, resources. I've got Young's uh, Analytical Concordance. And I also have uh, uh, a a Hebrew uh, lexicon. And it also has in here. I looked up the word. I had to really struggle to go back through my Hebrew to be able to figure this out and find the word. But I did find it. And uh, the the word... uh, uh, Iscariot means man of, of Kirith. That's what that Hebrew means. Iscariot means man of Kirioth. And uh, just to, to give you a little bit of indication, you can go to Amos chapter 2. Amos chapter 2 and verse 2. God's pronouncing judgment on Moab. And it gives you an idea of where Kiriath is. So Judas Iscariot, is he is a man from Kiriath. And here's what it says in Amos chapter 2, verse 2. But I will send fire upon Moab, and it shall devour the palaces of Kiriath, 
and Moab shall die with tumult, and, uh, with shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. There's even a better uh, uh, reference in regards to, to uh, Kiriath and Moab in Jeremiah chapter 48. Jeremiah chapter 48, take a look in verse 24 and 25. Jeremiah chapter 48, verses 24 and 25. And upon Kiriath, and upon Bozrah, and upon all the cities of the land of Moab, far and near, the horn of Moab is cut off, and his arm is broken, saith the Lord. Now, obviously, it, it describes Kiriath and Moab and so forth, but verse 25, it says the horn of Moab. If you remember reading in um, Revelation 17, uh, and I believe also in chapter 13, the horn is talking about a king. The horn of Moab is cut off. And that king's arm, his arm, is broken, saith the Lord. Now here we've got a broken arm on this man from Kiriath, who is Judas Iscariot, who is the son of perdition. Go to Zechariah chapter 11. Zechariah chapter 11. Zechariah chapter 11. Let's take a look in verse 15. And the Lord saith unto me, Take unto thee yet the, uh, the instruments of the foolish shepherd. For lo, I will rise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off, neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear the claws in pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Now here's another connection. You have the Antichrist, who is a man from Kiriath with a bad right arm in Jeremiah, and you find in Zechariah that the idle shepherd, and here again, you notice it's a, it's a counterfeit. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd, and now you have an idle shepherd who is, who is trying to counterfeit Jesus Christ, but he doesn't take care of the sheep. He abuses the sheep. And it says in verse 17, Woe unto the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock, the sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Now, there in Zechariah, you could get a little bit more of a context as to who that Antichrist is, who that idle shepherd is. Take a look at Zechariah chapter 11. Take a look in verse 11, or 12 and 13. And I said unto them, if ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed uh, for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, 
cast it into unto the potter, a goodly price, and I was prized at of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. That's real instructive. Of course, that's a reference to Judas Iscariot in what he did when he sold Jesus Christ out for 30 pieces of silver. In fact, take your Bible and go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Let's begin in verse 3. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the, 30, uh, the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for uh, to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the 30 pieces of silver, the potter's field uh, to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field is called the field of blood unto this day. That uh, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by, Jeremy, uh, spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, uh, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord had appointed me. And, of course, that reference in Jeremiah is found in 18, verses 1 through 4, and 19, verses 1 through 3. Now, here you've got Judas Iscariot. He betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. That same idle shepherd, that same uh, Judas Iscariot has... uh, uh, well, it describes him as having a bad right eye and a right arm that's bad as well. Uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. But take a look in Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1. The disciples have met. Judas Iscariot has gone and hanged himself. They're left with a vacancy. And so Peter uh, comes up and says this in verse 16. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs uh, have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which uh, was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called 
in the proper tongue, a kelsadama, uh, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Now, that part of that reference is fulfilled in uh, 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 Psalm 19, but also, I believe, Psalm 109, if I'm not mistaken. Psalm 109, let's turn there. Turning, turning, turning. Psalm 109. Let's pick it up in verse uh, 6. Um, and this is a reference to the, uh, to, to the Antichrist. Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. It's a reference to the Antichrist. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned, and let his prayers become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and a widow. And it goes on further, but you get the idea of the prophecy being fulfilled there and uh, Peter drawing their attention to it. And, of course, that was a reference to Judas Iscariot. Uh, take a look in, uh, oh, in Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 1. Again, Acts chapter 1. Continuing on uh, in what Peter was talking about in verse 25, says this about Judas Iscariot, that he may take part in this ministry, talking about the, uh, the uh, replacement for Judas, and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Uh, if you read what it says, he went to his own place. He didn't go to hell. He went to his own place. Well, where is that place? Let's go to Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. <laughs> Revelation chapter 9. Let's begin reading in verse 1. I know we're reading a lot. And I don't read always very well, but hopefully you get the gist of it. You can read along afterwards and, and find these places and read with maybe better understanding. But uh, it's all pertinent to what's going on here in, in finding out who the Antichrist is. In verse 1, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree. And, of course, that's what locusts normally go after. But only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads, 
And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locust were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns of uh, like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots and many horses running to battle. And they had tails likened to scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is uh, in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, let me let me do this, and I don't. You'll understand what I mean in a moment, but you don't have to do this in order to understand what it's talking about. But the Greek word Apollyon, I have open right now the analytical Greek uh, lexicon. I have it open to page 45, and it has the word Apollyon. And the word Apollyon means destroyer or destruction, but it has also another definition at the end of it which says perdition. Perdition. Apollyon can mean perdition, just as the son of perdition. And he has that name, which means destroyer or perdition. And of course, the, the word Abaddon, as found in, in Young's Analytical Concordance, and as I also found in the Hebrew, the, the lexicon here, that it also means destruction or place of destruction. So we have here, we have a king over the, the bottomless pit, which would be a special place. And he's let loose out of that bottomless pit. And that king over them has the name Apollyon or Abaddon, which also coincides with the son of perdition. Now, like I said, you didn't have to know Greek to understand what perdition meant. Take a look in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Your Bible explains it for you. You don't have to go to the Greek or the Hebrew to actually understand. Your Bible already has its own definitions, its own dictionary to it. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 9, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Destruction and perdition. Now, let's go back to Revelation chapter 17. 
Revelation chapter 17. Remember, Judas Iscariot is called the son of perdition. And it says there in Revelation chapter 17, verse 8, the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they uh, behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. So he goes into perdition. He goes to his own place. Take a look at Revelation chapter 17, verse 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. Now, let's move along again. (laughs) I know we're going to a lot of scriptures, but all of these things tie in. In John chapter 13, John chapter 13, John chapter 13, take a look in verse 26. Jesus answered, he it is. Now, they're at the, the Last Supper. They've, they've taken communion and so forth and, and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus, as they're, they're inquiring as to who it is that's going to betray him because Jesus dropped the bomb and says, one of you is going to betray me this night. And uh, uh, says there in verse 26, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it, uh, when I have dipped it, and, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, and after the sop, Satan entered into him. And then, uh, then Jesus said unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. You also find in Luke chapter 22 and verse 3, talking about the same account, It says, then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being numbered of the twelve. And I want you to understand, if you go to Luke and read Luke's account, you find out that Judas Iscariot took part of the Last Supper, what we call the Last Supper, when he took bread and gave it to all of them and took the cup and gave it to all of them. So now you have someone who was participating in the Last Supper and who's doing signs and wonders and miracles, who has preached, who has gone across as the other disciples doing miracles uh, there in all the towns in Judea and so forth, going to the nation of Israel. And he's actually, as the Bible describes him, a devil. Now, some of you, I'm sure, are probably choking about now after all of these scriptures, and you're saying, it's, what are you talking about, Steve? How in the world can Judas come back? How can Judas come back? Well, to be honest with you, the Jews expect Elijah to come back. The very Elijah that was the prophet of the Old Testament, they expect him to come back. 
It says in Malachi chapter 4, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great uh, and dreadful day of the Lord. He sends Elijah. Um, He sends Moses. You have Moses and Elijah there in Revelation chapter 11 where they do the miracles. Check the miracles out, and you'll find out that it was Moses and Elijah that did those miracles in Revelation chapter 11 and the miracles that they did in the Old Testament. Um, You have Jesus Christ. Remember him asking uh, the uh, the disciples, who do uh, men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What'd they say? Some of them said that he was Jeremiah. Some of them said that he was Elijah. Some of them said that he was John the Baptist come back from the dead. Some of them said that he's that prophet that was prophesied about, and I believe it was Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, Judas didn't go to hell. He went to his own place, and he ascended. So Judas fits the bill of what we're talking about there in Revelation chapter 17. He was as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He is not. He's in the bottomless pit right now. And he shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and he shall become the Antichrist. Now remember again, the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. Remember the mystery of iniquity. It's Satan manifest in the flesh. You have a body of a man. You have the spirit of Judas. And you have the soul of the devil. Now, folks, that's pretty much what I have to say in regards to who that, who the Antichrist is. Uh, the next time we go into this thing, we're going to try to go through some of the types and and uh, maybe see some interesting things there as well. But let me draw you back to a place where we started the Bible study. Go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, we've, we've read some pretty gruesome things about what's going to take place here. And the Apostle Paul, in, in Thessalon- uh, writing to the Thessalonians, told them about some of these things that were going to take place and told them about the man of sin, the son of perdition. But notice what he says there as he begins chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him that ye, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Look, the Antichrist as a man could very possibly be right here. In fact, a lot of people like to speculate as to who it could be. I mean, some in the day of, in, in, during the days of World War II, they thought Hitler was the Antichrist. Uh, I've heard people say that Billy Graham was the Antichrist. Uh, I've heard people say that Barack Obama is the Antichrist. I, I don't know who the man is. 
But I know where the Spirit's coming from. The Spirit's coming from Judas Iscariot. And when he shows up on the scene and he takes those final three and a half years, as Judas Iscariot was filled with Satan, Satan possessed him. Satan will possess that man, the man of sin, and become the son of perdition. And he will do those things that you read about in Revelation. But brethren, if you are my brother or my sister, we will not have to worry about that because the day of Christ will take place before he comes into power and we'll be out of here. (laughs) Glory to God, we will be out of here. And it should encourage us the more because there's folks out there that need to be saved. They need to pass from death unto life and escape the tribulation that's coming here in the near future. So my encouragement to you is to press on, reach people as, many, as, as much as you can with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do all that you can through the Spirit of God to lead people to Jesus Christ. Don't worry. <laughs> You're not going to have to worry about the Antichrist. But I tell you what, God put that mystery in there for us to know some things about him. And I hope through this podcast you've been able to learn some things about him. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Brother Steve. Uh, that, that, that's, uh, it almost uh, sounds like a movie, you know. It, it, there's a lot of exciting things that were happening there, and I can, I can just uh, picture that being made into like a big blockbuster. Yeah, I'm in. It's too bad they actually couldn't do it because you know they wouldn't do it right, but... Well, a lot of the movies that they have out, not that I've seen them, but you can tell that they've tried to capture some of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they get glimpses of it here and there, but uh, nothing's going to be like the real thing. Man, that's good stuff. Exciting stuff, too. It's Amen. good to hear. Guys? Go ahead, Who wants to be first? I'll let Matt go first. I got plenty, but I'll let Matt go first. Hey, man. No, it was, it was good. You know, and you hear a lot of people say all the time, you know, what, why even study all this kind of stuff? You know, what, what does it profit? And, and uh, of course, we've got the, uh, the verse, uh, study to show thyself approved in the God of workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, uh, you know, that's the big thing is God wants us to study. And, you know, when you study this kind of stuff, I don't know about anybody else, but, uh, even now, as I see it, you know, I've done the study before, a lot of the Antichrist and things like that. And even now, it's just, it just shows you how amazing this Bible is and yeah, just, just how good God is. And, and uh, you know, this kind of stuff, you know, of course, you know, studying scripture to be able to witness to people, you know, that's very important too. But, you know, God cares about these kinds of things. And especially like Pastor Steve said about, you know, we're supposed to be good stewards of the mysteries of God. You know, to be able to be a good steward, we actually have to take time and deal with it. You know, if somebody's going to leave you something to take care of and to watch over and to actually do something with it, um, you got to actually spend time with it. And, uh, you know, I, I think this was a good study just to... Uh, to hopefully be able to help even me to be a better uh, steward of the mysteries and and especially this and just uh, you know this is a good like kind of Pastor Steve said this is a good um, study to be able to maybe um, exhort some some people even me to be able to uh, 
get more on top of things to try and witness the people so they don't number one have to go through the tribulation and mm-hmm. and number two have to deal with the antichrist because uh you don't want to go through that kind of time so so praise the lord amen. amen well last week in the bible study we got um, milk with what to do with the word of god and today we got meat <laughs> amen but uh Part of what to do with the Word of God, as we said last time, was uh, to study it, and that's what uh, we did last time, but we really got into it in a, in a deeper manner today. And in regard to just that mystery thing and you know people's complaints about why even bother with this type of thing, um, I would like to add uh, Proverbs 25, verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Amen. And the Lord has concealed some things. Um, in the Bible, some people have said, um, as far as the Bible is concerned in, in itself, it says that the they say the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, hmm. and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Hmm. And so the Lord, he does conceal things, but um, as we are made kings and priests unto him, Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, those of us that are saved and washed in the blood, uh, it's to our honor to search out a matter. And uh, today we searched out uh, the matter of uh, the Antichrist. And did you notice, if uh, you were listening along this study, that um, uh, Steve never departed from the Bible? Amen. It was all in the Bible. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the uh, mouth of God. Um, Paul Harvey on his uh, radio broadcast uh, used to have a segment. Uh, of course, Paul, he's recently passed away in the last couple of years or so. But he used to have a segment uh, or, or a little interjection at times when he when he'd say uh, this is from our for what it's worth department <laughs> and uh, from 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 our for what it's worth department here at that's in the bible um i just want to point out uh, that judas iscariot if you just count up the letters comes out to 13 letters yeah mm-hmm. as for what it's worth just you know you can you can think about that do what you want with it <laughs> um Pastor, another uh, man who has uh, also deceased, and he deceased before his time, uh, was uh, Pastor Jim Lentz, who attended mm-hmm. Pensacola Bible Institute uh, earlier than myself. And I'm not sure, was it earlier than you, Brother Steve? Do you know? Uh, no, I think it was after me. After you? Okay. I believe, I believe it was. All right. Brother Lentz, a uh, good man. He pastored in North Carolina for a number of years. Um, but he had a Bible Institute there at his church in North Carolina. And he's teaching along these lines one night about the Antichrist and uh, Judas Iscariot and and the man of sin. And and a guy in his uh, class who was, you know, you you get in Bible studies and you get in classes and sometimes there's people that, you know, they always want to contribute. And sometimes they're maybe just not always right on target, you know, and a guy was kind of guys kind of like that and he was getting excited and and uh he's brother lynch is telling me hold on brother hold on and uh, finally he said okay okay what 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 do you what do you got or what do you what do you want and he says uh, uh you said uh you know um uh, judas iscariot's uh, son of perdition and, and you know the lord jesus he gave him that uh sop sop s-o-p <laughs> son of perdition yeah <laughs> yeah and that's kind of interesting too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially, and we live in a day and age when acronyms are such a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, in the computer world and I guess all kinds of other things. But there it was. He gave mm-hmm. him a sop, and he was indeed the son of perdition. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, and then uh, one other thing only twice in the Bible does the term son of perdition show up. And uh, that's once. 
a reference to the Antichrist, Second Thessalonians two three, as Steve cited, that uh, that man of and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, and the other one is to Judas Iscariot, which uh, Brother Steve also pointed out, John seventeen verse twelve. But uh, none of them is lost but the son of perdition that this scripture might be fulfilled and in the context was identified as Judas Iscariot. And that's the only two times it shows up. And in both times it shows up, it says the son of perdition mm-hmm. as opposed to a son of perdition. Brother Steve was pointing out an article, definite article, indefinite article um, thing to note earlier. And this time we want to note that he says the son of perdition, mm-hmm. the son of perdition. So like there's one. And if we were to make a mathematical equation out of this, you know, and assign um, letters to um, each of these three people um, that are mentioned, the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot, uh, man of sin, or the Antichrist, uh, we could assign uh, Judas equaling A, the man of sin equaling B, and the son of perdition equaling C. Now, if we had took A, B, and C, and, and if it were true that A equaled C and B equaled C, then what do we know about A and B? They're equal. They're equal. Now, in this case, um, A, Judas Iscariot, equals C, the son of perdition. And B, the man of sin or the Antichrist, equals C, the son of perdition. So uh, A uh, is going to equal B. If mm-hmm. A equals B or A equals C, B equals C, then they're, they're equal to each other. So if Judas equals the son of perdition and the Antichrist equals the son of perdition, then Judas Iscariot equals the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is in there, and the Lord put it in there for uh, for some reason. He, he revealed it, uh, concealed it, and then revealed it um, for our, our learning, our admonition, and... Um, it's it's interesting for us, and and I don't know, but maybe during the tribulation time, uh, it may be even life and death for somebody else, mm-hmm. or eternity. Absolutely, it's good stuff. It's just another example of how that Bible is alive, and how it's an exciting book. And we've talked about that before, and how it, how it, everything kind of just dovetails together, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the more you study it out, the the more you see how it all fits together: Old Testament, New Testament, and it's all it's all one. Man. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, it's also, you know, the casual reader will read over those things and not make the connection. And that's why, as it's already been stated this evening, that, that we're commanded to study so that we can uh, pull those things out. And sometimes our own, uh, you know, here you're talking about somebody coming back from the dead and, and being alive again, and your own mind goes, okay, yeah, we can't go there. But you're dealing with God. You're dealing with, with the one that can do the impossible. He's raised people from the dead. Uh, you know, we've already talked about you know Elijah coming back and Moses coming back, and and uh, you know why do we think it's so strange that he would have Judas Iscariot come back? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just then when you start getting into it and delving into it, and you see all the things. I mean. Uh, you know, I, ho- I hope that I can do the next uh, the next lesson on this in this series to be able to, to make it interesting and exciting. But you go back in the Old Testament and start reading about some of the characters back there and how they how their lives typify the Antichrist. Man, you, you your your whole Bible starts to open up and you start mm-hmm. seeing things you never saw before, and then all of a sudden everything becomes relevant that used to be 
non-relevant, if that's the word. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden the Bible takes on a purpose. And, and again, let me hasten to say, and I, I, am, I am sure Pastor Strobel, he and I have talked about this before, but we believe in balance. We believe definitely in balance. And there might be some that are listening to this podcast, and all you guys do is all you guys do is the deep stuff. You don't think about the practical stuff. No, we think about the practical stuff a lot. If you were to take a look at my sermons that I have, I have more practical sermons than I ever have doctrinal sermons. So we believe in the practical aspect of Christianity and living it out each and every day, doing right, living for Jesus Christ. But we don't exclude the doctrine for the practical, and we don't exclude the practical for the doctrinal. It's all walking hand in hand. You have to have it all. You have to have both of them in order to be balanced. So Well said. I know you want to say something, Pastor Strobel. <laughs> we got close sometime. <laughs> well, that was good, Steve. Thanks again for bringing us that. Yeah. Amen. Praise so, how many how many parts are there going to be to this? Just just three. Okay. Just three. All right. So, I don't know. I'll just throw this out. Are, are we are we looking for someone that's got something wrong with their uh, right eye and right arm? Well, eventually, I, I don't know that they would be happening. They would have it right now, but eventually they will. Mm-hmm. I believe in the tribulation is when those wounds take place, and then he revives, <laughs> resurrects, if you will. Hmm. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, okay. you know, it's it's. <laughs> Stay tuned for part three. Amen. <laughs> I think you should do 13 parts, Brother Steve. That that way, <laughs> it'll just bring it all together with the number 13. Okay, you help me. <laughs> I'm going to need help doing that one. I'll do number 13. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That's good. So, uh, let's see. Matt, you're up next. You're next. I'm next. Yeah, you're next. I'm... Well, we'll talk about it. That might be me. It might be me. <laughs> what was uh, Youth of the Blaze is coming up pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah. Youth of Blaze, February 23rd through the 25th. We talked a little bit about last podcast, and actually the the link and the dates are on the show notes from What to Do with the Bible, episode 57. I also know this is going to kind of date it, too, but uh, uh, Brother Donovan from uh, uh, Bible Baptist Church down in uh, uh, Pensacola, Pensacola Bible Institute is going to be up in Elbridge, New York, uh, not this next weekend, but the uh, following weekend, the 20, I believe, 26, 27, 28. Hmm. All right, so, we'll put those show notes up too. Amen. 26th of January? Yep. That is, yep. One week from tonight? Yep. All right, we'll see you there. Amen. All right. And uh, I just messed up the end bit. <laughs> Thank Here. God for editing. You have just the do it power live. of the recorder. No, it's, I'm not going to edit anything. It's going to go right like this. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail 
at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening, and press on. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!